Hey, welcome to the Lyric House Church podcast. Our mission is to host a house for him. Join us on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. for our live service. Make sure to check out our Facebook page for details about upcoming events and information on our small groups that meet throughout the week. Thank you for being part of our broader community, and we hope you enjoy this podcast. I don't know if I'm supposed to say this, but are we supposed to say what happened? I don't know. I think it's okay. Most people know already. But Tiff and I became grandparents on Friday. (laughs) Yeah. Papa Jay, yep. Hey, look who it is. Come on in, buddy. You're just in time for church. (laughs) He's like, what? I don't know. Does anybody know how to make. We might be back on. Not. Go out. Where's a Gen Zer? Or Lisa? Okay, thanks. I was going to say Hayden, but he's at the hospital. So. Yeah, Hayden and Jade are still at the hospital. They might be back tonight or tomorrow. I think they're coming home today at 1. But she's healthy. Seven pounds, three ounces, 18 inches long. Yeah, yeah. She's a cute little thing. River Joy. Yeah, River Joy. Hold on, I think I have to do this first. Low power mode, off. Yeah, and everything went really well. Never. There we go. Yeah. Just get together, we got this. And uh, Jacinda's a grandma, too. Everybody say congratulations to yep. Jacinda. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> <laughs> How's it feel? Has it really set in? Does it feel real? It hasn't mm-hmm. set in for me that no. either. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> then Friday. <laughs> yeah. I do not. <laughs> <sighs> okay. All right. Um, hi guys. I feel like it's been a long time since you weren't we comes closer. I feel like it's been a really long time since we've been up here and so excited to get going. We're on Acts two still. <laughs> it's awesome though. Because now we're like where Peter shares his first message. Yep, Peter already shared his first. So, just kind of a recap because we had, we we preached on Acts two, and then we went to family camp. Then we had William, and then Tim was here. So um, now we're on Acts two, I believe around thirty-two. Does that sound right? Did you guys keep notes? Just shake your heads. Yes. Sounds right to me. Yep. Yep. Sure. Okay. Great. Okay. So Peter has preached his first message. So this is the very first message to the church that they have recorded for Peter. And now we get to see the church's response. We get to see them walking into that. So we're going to read a lot of scripture today, and I'm going to bounce back and forth between the Passion and ESV. Um, And we're starting in Acts 2.32. Just say okay when you're there. Good job. You guys are fast. You want to read it, babe? Can't you see it? God has resurrected Jesus, and we all have seen him. Then God exalted him to his right hand upon the throne of his highest honor. And the Father gave him the authority to send the promised Holy Spirit, which is being poured out upon us today. This is what you're seeing and hearing. So Peter's telling them the promise that you've had, What we've read about in Scripture, the the prophecies from Joel and from Psalms that David talked about, he's saying it's here today. 
it, I, I kind of feel like it would be in relation to like if all the promises that we have of Jesus coming back, if we had the idea of him, he literally walked through the door, which he's already here, but he, in person, the son of God walked through the door, it would be this um, realization of that for us. And so I'm just trying to paint this picture so you guys can see how huge this was. This wasn't just people's like light bulb moments. This was like this huge revelation that, that, that the people realized we crucified the Messiah. It was yeah. us. And now what that felt like to realize that it was the Messiah that they had been believing for and taught about for hundreds of years. And they said, it said, when they heard this, they were crushed and realized what they had done to Jesus. Deeply moved. Also, that word can mean mortally wounded. They said to Peter and the other apostles, what do we need to do, brothers? And so what they're, what they're saying is, what do we need to do to be part of what you're doing? What do we need to do to be your brother? Well, do, like, we lay it all down. We believe you. We see it. We know what we did. How, what can we do now? And so Peter tells them. He says, I'm sorry. You're not paying attention. I wasn't. I was looking at the Wi-Fi guy. Sorry. <laughs> Thank you. And he, Peter said to them, repent. repent. Thank you. That's what I was waiting for. <laughs> I caught on. Yeah. Okay, good. Repent. <laughs> So change your mind. So what I want to do is just talk about what repent means, because I think most of us probably know most of us have this understanding. Most of us are walking in this, but there's still so much of it in the church of what the word repent means. And if I was to actually Google, which we don't Google, do we, Lisa? No, no? Uh -oh. nobody. Google. Don't do it. <laughs> yes. Go to, go to sleep. Go to sleep. Um, <laughs> so the dictionary, what do you need, babe? Nothing. What do you have? Give me my phone. Go upstairs and, and go to kids' church or go sit down, please. Okay. Well, then go sit down. Children. Um, dictionary. Repent. Thank you. Repent. Change your mind. Okay. Turn so, the direction of your life. Yes. So we know that. Is Turn that around. Right? We know that, right? Turn away from. Raise your hands. You guys knew that, right? Repent means change your ways, turn around, don't go that way anymore. I feel like we really have this understanding of this, but it's not everyone's like us, guys. The dictionary says sincere regret or remorse. Has anybody, did anybody grow up thinking that's what repent was? I know I did. Sincere regret and remorse. So beg God for forgiveness. Oh God, I'm so sorry for what I did. I'm, I'm this awful, dirty person and I will just never measure up. In fact, I thought that in order to go to heaven, you had to repent before you died in the sense of for every sin. And so in my mind, I and went... She used to go to sleep at night and before she'd go to bed, she would beg for forgiveness for every sin that she had committed throughout the entire day. I'm just kidding. No, it was kind of like that. It was kind of like that. It was. But not a, she wouldn't do it out loud. I wasn't that spiritual. <laughs> I wasn't professional back then. So I've got it together now. Um, but no, I did. I thought that I needed to beg for forgiveness for every sin. And so I would try to go through my mind and think of all the sins throughout the day. Maybe a little bit like Catholicism, like just wasn't doing Hail Marys. But it was. I didn't have this understanding of what repentance was. I thought... I did this and I did that. And then once I opened up what I did, I started being like, oh, and I did this and I did this. Oh, shoot. And I did that and that and that and that. And then I'd eventually just fall asleep because there was no keeping up. And it was, it was pointless anyway. And so I'd wake up the next day and be like, I'm going to do good today. I'm going to be a good person. And I would have moments of this, of, of wanting to live this repentant life, but not under, ever understanding 
um, why I wanted to. It was more just that I, I really don't want to go to hell, God. I'm really scared of hell. But it was not to be with you, Lord. It was just to keep me from hell. Until I started getting, I think the first time I heard this, I was like, hold up. I've been told my whole life that repentance is this, this, this dark, painful thing. And if it's, if it's literally just meaning to change your mind and your direction of your life, that changes everything for me. And so it's what I have written here. It's simply renewing your mind and turning away from what once was to change your mind. And so listen to what is happening here with Peter. Peter is saying, they're saying, what can we do? We know what we did. We understand. And he says, uh, what did he said? He said, repent. Let me keep going. And be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus, for the forgiveness of your sin, and you'll receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. He's telling them, repent and turn away from the thoughts that you once had, that Jesus wasn't the Messiah. He's not saying grovel on the floor for all of your sin. We know that they, they had sinned. He's not even talking about their sin. He's saying turn towards Jesus. You once weren't, and now, now do. That's how you walk with me. That's how you become my brother. And that realization for me is so crucial because he's not telling them, repent for every sin that you've ever done. Like, list them all out. Think about how bad you are. He's saying, believe that Jesus is the Son of God and go that way. Amen. 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 But then he says, and be baptized. Yep. So, that I think, and whenever we read that, there's so many people that can, well, let's back up. How do you be, what's salvation? Believing repenting, turning towards Jesus. Okay. And then we have this mindset. What'd you say? Yep. Yep. And then we have this mindset in the church that then we also have to be Can baptized. everybody hear us very, really good? Is it? Okay. You Can you hear, hear me? There. Okay. Okay. There you go. Yeah. Um, but then we have this belief in the church and I grew, and I grew up believing this too. And I don't even know if someone taught me or I just had a m wrong thought, you know, um, maybe I just assumed it. Um, but that you had to be baptized to go to heaven like that. Have you guys heard that? That's a lot. Like we hear that quite often, right? You guys know better though, right? Yes. Right. Okay. That, and we, there's a belief system that theology comes from this scripture where he's saying, and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus. But because we don't just believe everything that we've ever heard, we study scripture out. That word of is eis, E-I-S, and it actually means in this portion of scripture, because of. And so instead of saying, be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus, what it's actually reading is be baptized because of the name of Jesus. Does that make sense? Not be baptized to know the name of Jesus, but because you know him, now be baptized. Because we know baptism is an outward display, right? We're telling everybody, listen, I am professing that Jesus is the Messiah. And you have to understand, this is not, this wasn't, like, we have it easy today. Like, we become a Christian and our, maybe our friends roll our eyes. Like, nobody actually really cares, right? Back in these days, this was a huge deal. Yeah. They were coming against what they had been taught, everything that they knew their whole life. And the reason he even enters that in this scripture right here is because they were at the temple where there was baptism pools. And so they were like, right now, turn your way, believe that he's the Messiah, and there's, there's baptism tanks, there's baptism pools, line up. If this is who you, this is really what you really want. If you really believe, brother, how do I become like one of you? Then let's go. And that's what, he, that's what he would have been, and they knew that. They knew that that's what he would have been saying. Because you're baptized into new life. Yep. And so by believing in Jesus, you have new life. Just like, so like it's so cool that we just had a baby, right? 
The baby. We did not. Well, we did. Or the grandparents. Thank God. <laughs> Tiff is like, I can't believe I did that six times. I can't. Man. <laughs> <laughs> but so I was thinking about this, though, and the baby is in the womb engulfed in water. Okay? So then the water breaks. And, and the new life comes out of the water. What? Right? <laughs> Why aren't we recording this? <laughs> Show us that again. What happens? Comes Tell out us, of the because water. we have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> This is why our ch- this is why our child our teenagers no, hide in the but, back. No, but but this is what he's referring to, right? Yeah. You know, he says you must be born Thank again, she right? She, yeah, she's still in. Yeah. So then, so then you're fully immersed into living water. Yeah. So I got into research and baptism a little more, and the original church they wanted you to be baptized in living water, moving water, flowing water. But it's okay to be baptized in just stagnant water if that's what all you have. Or the, <laughs> the third option was to take a pitcher of water and dump it over yourself three times. So these, these are the three options they used to do if they didn't have living water. Just get it done. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Holy Spirit, Jesus. There you go. Hey, thank you so much. It's a thing. Sorry. Appreciate you. Or you can stay for church. Yeah. Find your excuse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Next time. Next Sunday. Right. That poor guy, man, he's been over <laughs> here so you. many times this weekend. He's like, oh, my gosh. He called me out. But, yeah, so just like a baby being born, we are born into new life because of our belief in Christ. We are restored and reconciled unto the Father into our new life. Mm. <sighs> yeah. But the, the disciples understood this. You know, they, they began to grasp it and understand it. And I'm excited to look into this more. Tiff and I recently just, is it okay if I talk about the? No, you're, you're skipping ahead. Oh, pardon me. Go ahead. I'm clearly the, the organized one here, so. I just like to flow like water. It's <laughs> <laughs> probably why we had six kids. We're just <laughs> always flowing like water. Okay. 39. It wasn't really meant to be inappropriate, but I always, it's just, okay. Spiritual, professional. Repent and be baptized for the remission of sins. I did that. Okay. All right. 39. Ready. For the promise is for you. Okay. We're reading again. For the promise is for you and for your children and for all who are far off. And that's talking about Gentiles. So he's giving them a little insight. They don't even know what's coming. Everyone whom of the Lord calls to himself. 40 says, and with many other words, he bore witness and continued to exhort them saying, save yourselves from this crooked generation. So those who received his word were baptized and they were added that day about 3,000 souls. So cool. And one day. Um, so that's literally less like than the population of Holden, that's what I was thinking. Like the town of Holden yeah. heard this responded or, and got, that's saved. more than the population yeah. of Holden. Yeah. There's 2,500 in Holden. Yeah. Yeah. Do it Lord. What is so, and then I started thinking though, 
But if we believe, we don't actually know, that there was as many as 150,000 that were in the temple courts that day. Some scholars say it was about 30 that could hear what he was actually saying. So 30,000 people could hear him. There was 150, but they couldn't all hear him. You know, like there was not megaphones and microphones. This is just him talking. Echoing off the walls. Yeah. And so we think about 30,000. And so in that 30,000 responded, or 30,000, 3,000 responded. Yes. Yep. Good point. Do, you, do you just want to come do this? No. I, you're doing amazing. But she's right. Did you hear what she's she said? She's preparing. They used to just count the men. They didn't count yep. the women and the children. Yep. Yeah. So that's literally what's on my notes next is, yes, 3,000 men responded, but then he took, they took it home, and then they told their wives and their children, and then from there, their children's children told their children. And so at one, in one, in one instant, 3,000 lives were given to the Lord, but then they went home, and it probably quadrupled. You know, So this, and I feel like that's just so prophetic in what the Lord is saying, that we see 3,000. He's seen generations. You yeah. know, like how many generations came from that? And that's just who responded that day. Who knew? Like it says that, and we'll keep going, but it said that they were added to the church daily. And so that meant there had to have been people there that maybe didn't respond that day, but did on Tuesday and on Friday. And they were seeing what was happening, and they were like, okay, this is that thing that that dude was talking about in, at the temple. That, that's what he was talking about. I heard about this. What are they talking about? Just like, like we want to be so spiritual and think that it didn't happen like this, but it was word of mouth. It was that, that processing, waiting to see, is this for real? Who's doing it? And, and following him in that sense. Yeah. It's so cool to think about that. Yeah, because they didn't have the Bible, you know. They were, they were creating it. They were in the midst of creating the written word. Yeah. <laughs> what does it say? Dedicate. Yeah. Yeah. Are you going to talk about yes. that? Yes. Yeah. That's funny. It says it in her Bible. There was he? Yeah. yeah. It's because we've been talking about it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. We're excited. Can you? Are you guys excited? Because we're so excited to keep going. Okay. okay. We're gonna pre. We're gonna continue teaching on 242 through 247. And then we have a couple other things that we're gonna do. And so we're almost done with Acts two. And then next week, we'll move on to Acts 3. But then it says in 42, every believer was faithfully devoted to following the teachings of the apostles. Every believer was faithfully devoted. That would be like everybody in Holden faithfully on fire and in love with the king of kings. Imagine how beautiful that would be if when you walked into the grocery store, people were just crying in the corner. <laughs> Maybe yeah. that's my idea. Maybe that's not what it looks like for everybody. People were praying, like paying for each other's meals and, and the hot, like there was no nurse's room in the school because all the kids were praying for each other to get healed. And there was no division amongst them. They were all coming together. The, the, the bistro was full of people praying for them. Like, I, like I, I'm trying to give you this imagination of what it had to look like in this community at this time if all these believers just come together and, and just like in one day and what it looked like. And it says that they were following the teachings of the apostles. And that, act, that word actually means it's your time to shine. Did it, Kay? Yes, yes, the apostles were the sent ones. And what they're, they're following, the teachings of the apostles, is actually something called the Didache. Have you guys heard of the Didache? Yes. <laughs> so so the, the Didache is basically 
it's in between the Old and the New Testament. This is what the, the first church was putting together. It's all the writings that they had put together, the, the 12 apostles. So it's the writings of the 12 apostles, and then the New Testament came after that. We just happened to come across it. It was found in 1885. Is when it was re because it had, they hadn't been able to find it, and then they, it kind of resurfaced in Greek which it could have been written in Aramaic before that. We don't know. There's so much that we don't know about it, um, but it is really cool because if, if anyone has ever been like, well, how are we supposed to know how to baptize? How are we supposed to know what communion looks like? How do we know what any of these things look like? Well, the, the, the apostles actually had this apostles' teaching where they were coming together and teaching the new believers what it looks like. That's and how I got the baptism information. Mm -hmm. yep. It was out of there. So we're going to keep talking about that. Well, let me finish the scriptures. It says their hearts were mutually linked to one another, breaking bread, which meant they were having communion together daily. And it was so much more than, um, I don't, if you guys know anything about this culture, having a meal together was sacred. It was important. It wasn't just, hey, do you want to go to Mexican with me? Although that is, that, that is important and very special. We should do that. Um, Shiloh, you in Mexican? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, it's important. We have fun. It's just kind of a social thing that we do. But in that day, it was sacred. It was, it was, this was their showing of their mutually being linked together. And then it said they came together regularly for prayer, which is the word um, pro shue. Pro shue? Pro shue. Pro shue. A plate. <laughs> 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 a place set apart or suited for the offering of prayer. And this is something that the Lord has really been laying on our hearts is to pray more. And I've been talking about it and we've been talking about it. Oh, sorry, my jacket's too tight on my arms. I can't take it off as part of the outfit, Uncle Mark. Oh my God. It's really hot though. Okay. Spiritual. Um Coming together with prayer, and that's, they knew the importance of, of intercession and intervening on each other's behalf. And I think it's beautiful that that's what, the, that's what they said that they did. They came together, they broke bread, they shared communion, and they ate a meal together, and they prayed. They didn't play Uno. They didn't play in the Monopoly. I mean, their kids probably were, but they were serious about this, guys. Like they, This was their devotion. They were all in. They and did cast lots. They didn't cast lots after the after of the upper room. Yeah, they figured true. out they that's had the true. Holy Spirit. They didn't yeah, need to do that you're anymore. Right. No, I'm wrong. I usually am. Okay. So, um, not really. He's usually always right. We just don't tell him that, right, guys? Yeah. You don't have to, because I know that I know who I okay, am. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so the Didache. Let's talk more about that. Are you, okay. So raise your hand again. Who's heard of the Didache? Maybe even just this word, this name. Okay. So it's so fascinating, and I've heard about it for several years. And so as I took some time to try to study this, um, it's really hard because to actually get a copy would be tricky because it would have to have, what? <laughs> you bought one? Lisa bought one on Amazon. So we're about to see, guys. <laughs> um, it's hard, though, because it is obviously translated. Was it initially Greek? Was it Aramaic? We don't know. And then it was, it was translated from that. And, it, and then who translated it? So there's kind of a lot to it. But we just, yeah. 
No, so it wasn't actually the apostles at all. This was about 300 AD, and so they don't know who wrote it. And so that's part of why it didn't get canai, like, in, put in the canon of Scripture, because they don't know who actually wrote this book. But we know that it was important because it literally says in Acts 2.42, every believer who was faithfully devoted and following the Didache or the following of the apostles. And so it doesn't actually have who wrote it, um, but we know that this was taught to the people. It was taught to the Jews and Gentiles alike. Yeah, it's called the teaching of the 12 apostles. Yeah, yeah. So it's called the teaching of them, but it didn't say that they wrote it. It doesn't actually say who wrote it, um, which is part of the issue with not having it in scriptures. And so... You know, they say it was probably written in Egypt or Syria in the second century. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, um, so what I relate it to is kind of like um, how we do discipleship, how we do Christianity 101. That's what they were like, okay, we have so many people coming to the faith at one time. And so we need, um, like, we need a system, we need a program so that we can have groups coming together and so that we all know what we're going to be doing. And this is, this is before, you know, Paul wrote letters to the churches. And so it was like he came in, they taught the, the believers what this was going to look like. And then from there, they messed up and he had to write letters and there was all these issues. And so he had to correct them. But this was the teachings that they were taught from. Okay, so instead of Peter or the 12 disciples just trying to teach everybody at once, they had like a Bible study or like a um, discipleship that they were able to do that with. Um, so that just, to me, that just is so much even more important why we do discipleship, why we connect. We usually do one-on-one. Um, I'm not opposed to doing more than one at a time if we had enough people interested. But um, what we do is we meet um, one-on-one. I'm meeting with two right now. Roberta's meeting. Lisa, are you? You're, Lisa's about to meet. Are, you're about to be meeting, right? Um, and so anybody that wants to do discipleship if you want to do discipleship with one of us then what happens is you go through discipleship and then you're able to to do and teach discipleship and so it's just this reoccurring um process of of being able, learning what christianity 101 basics of christianity kind of like the didache was with with the new believers and then teaching other people um I just think it's so fascinating that, and then they also, it's also proven that a lot of the things that were taught in the Didache were actually then translated to the New Testament. And so a lot of the scriptures in the New Testament were from the Didache itself. And so there's so much more, guys. Like, we're not even going to talk, we're not going to go there where there's actually other books in the Bible that aren't in the Bible. We're not going to do that today. But there's so much more out there that the Lord wants us to know. And I feel like, once you start getting this taste of, of, of God and, and the things of him, like there's, it's just never enough. You want more. And I just want to encourage you guys not to Google, <laughs> but to study it out, to, to really press in and say, God, I know that there's more. There has to be more than what we as people in Holden know about the Lord. There's so much more about it. Okay. So what I found was that Didache had four parts to it. Do you have the four parts? I can find them. I didn't know you, how you were going to ask for them. Oh, I got them for you. You want me to read them? Yeah. Okay, I'll read them. Okay. Part one. <laughs> Two ways, the way of life and the way of death. Okay. You want to talk about that? Good job. No, I don't know anything about it. Do you? Right, no. Okay. Number two, explains how to perform rituals such as baptism, fasting, and communion. 
The baptism is the only one I've looked into thus far. Covers ministry and how to deal with traveling teachers. Is a remi- Part four is a reminder that Jesus is coming again. So it broke it down. And so just kind of like in Christianity 101 that we do, it broke it down to the different um, subjects that they felt like they needed to to go over and to teach the most. And so it's just fascinating to me that that would be the four. Two ways, the way of the life and the way of death. So basically salvation or not salvation. It's either Jesus or nothing. Explains how to perform rituals such as baptism, fasting, and communion. So they're telling them how to baptize, how to fast, why we fast, what does communion look like as Christians, and then covers ministry and how to deal with traveling teachers because that these must have been the biggest issues that they were having. Like, do we pay our traveling teachers? What do we, like, where do they stay? What do they do while they're there? What do they teach? And it's just... It's really cool to see that things haven't changed. <laughs> like we're still trying to figure these things out, but they had this this study or this like a Bible study to, to teach us already. And then they talked about the reminder that Jesus is coming again. Um, I think that that was probably just for hope, you know, like, hey, like I know this is hard, but he's coming back. They probably never imagined in a million years that he's, that we'd still be waiting, but sorry guys. Something else about the baptism that I read was they suggested that you'd fast two or three days before baptism hmm. and then two or three days afterwards. And they're not talking about fasting from Facebook. No. Nope. They're talking about actual fasting. Yeah. Yeah. From food. I mean, that's the hardest thing to fast from, really. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> okay. So I know myself, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to press in and keep finding out more about the Didache and, and um, seeing if I can, I'll look at your copy and see what it looks like and who, um, like who actually um, translated that. But it did say that it was rediscovered in 1873. And so um, I know... And they published it in 1885 and 1895. Wow. It wasn't that long ago. Mm-hmm. Right. It's Amazon. Right. <laughs> I looked it up on Amazon. This is what we're doing, Lord. Help us. <laughs> okay. Any questions on the Didache? Are you guys so excited to hear that there's like there's so much more out there? There's so much for us to be able to research and find and and know. It's like, it's like one step closer to looking like the Axe Church. You guys good? Yeah, Dave.
Then he said, repent and be baptized. Right? Be baptized for the remission of your sins. And that word remission means total cancellation of a debt. Paid in full. Paid in full. Yeah. So... The law was to show us that we needed a Savior. Yes. And Peter said, so basically, Peter said uh, in 321, let's see, yeah, 321, there's also an antitype. So we're talking about baptism, right? And you got Noah with the flood. and it, So the whole earth was baptized. Okay. They walked through the Red Sea. That's more type and shadow of baptism. Okay. And then... Peter says, there is also an antitype which now saves us, baptism. And in quotations it says, not the removal of the filth of the flesh, but the answer of the good conscience toward God through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. We have an antitype that saves us. Yeah. It's already done. It's done. It's finished. Yep. Yeah. Right. The Holy yeah. Spirit is the water. Yes. <laughs> yep. Praise God, right? Praise but that's God. not on us, that he's the one that, that draws them, and through his kindness, they're led to repentance. Mm. We just get to teach about it. Thank you, Jesus. So fun. All right. 43 says, the fear of God swept over everyone. This, this word fear means a deep sense of holy awe and reverence. It also, um, it also, along with holy awe, it means reverence for one's husband. And that really just, man, as the bride, as the bride of Christ, like that just kind of really, really struck a chord with me. That everybody, so we're talking 3,000, probably more at this time, had the fear of God swept over everyone. And I was raised to, th to be afraid. Remember we talked about I was raised of the fear of God. But having this understanding that the fear of God is holy awe and reverence. And so it was through that that they were driven to be fellowship in one body. It was through that that they wanted to be one with each other so that his name was known. The apostles performed many miracles, signs, and wonders, and all the believers were in fellowship as one body, and they shared with one another what they had had. Out of generosity, they even sold their assets to distribute the proceeds to those who were in need among them. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts. They were continually filled and praised God, enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord kept adding to their number daily those who were coming to life. And that in 47, where it says, and the Lord kept adding to their number daily those who were coming to life. And the Aramaic, when you join the words meet and come, so it's saying that they, came, they um, added their number daily to those who were coming to life. When you put come and meet together, it's actually the word church in Aramaic. And so what happened is they literally formed the church while they were coming together. 
this was always the Holy Spirit's plan. It was a, it was God's plan, but they just did it organically. They weren't trying to force something. They weren't saying, let's go build buildings and then, and then the Lord will fill them up through people. No, they built church. They built community together by just b- being one, one and one body. And then the Lord added to that daily. And so that's the word church in Aramaic. The word church in the Greek means the ecclesia, or it's also known as the way. Um, they were known as being set apart and being as the wild ones, and we've talked about that before. Um, but what was so cool about this is that it was a gathering of citizens called from their homes into a public place. And so I just thought that they were, I thought that that was interesting because, you know, we always preach about how it's not, the church is not the building, it's us. Yes, yes, yes. But this, that's absolutely true. But this got my attention because literally what they're saying is the ecclesia, the church, is not just people that sit at home and, and, and say that they're Christians. It was them assembling together that was the church. And not that we can't know the Holy Spirit, not that we can't be Christians without the body of Christ. Absolutely we can. But how important that they thought that it was, that they would actually make a word for it, right? And how... Um, and I, I, was, I was that person. I mean, I remember making like this... Facebook post about how you didn't have to have a church and how like it was I am the church and everywhere I go I'm the church which is so true but what I was doing was it was coming from a place of hurt because I had been hurt by the church and so I decided that I didn't need the church and it actually isn't biblical if there's a word for coming together and assembling I think that the Lord knows that it's important and yeah yep say it louder There's a reason he said where two or more are gathered. That's what she said. And what I was, and this is the last bit that we are going to go over. And just, and I I, I kind of sometimes with you guys, I feel like I'm just kind of preaching to the choir because you know this. You have an understanding of this. And it's not about people just coming and filling up the seats. Like, this is about community. This is about set-apart people on fire that have this holy awe of Christ. And it's not like, and what we're doing at Lyric isn't going to be for everybody. Not everybody has this feeling that we do. But it's so cool, though, when you see one that is, isn't it? You're like, they're like me. They're like me. They, They get it. They understand it. And you're drawn to those people. And I feel like that is what happened here as well. Because they were still surrounded by people that were not believers. You know, it wasn't that they were, they just got to, everything was all happy and, and, and sunshine and rainbows and everywhere they went. Like in their community, 3,000 people surrounding them were believers, but there was still 150,000 more that weren't or whatever number that would be. Someone do the math. I can't. And what I was thinking about is how much that we're preaching how we want to be, you know, the Acts Church, but how much we are like the Acts Church. I was like dreaming about it this morning, actually. I had this dream that we were at a small group at someone's house, and I remember it being a smaller house because it was our first house, and our first house was this tiny little two-bedroom, one-bath house, and um, we were in this house, and it was full of kids everywhere because our church is full of kids everywhere, and Um, I was just, I wasn't leading. I was just hanging out there and I was talking to somebody and, um, I remember Chelsea was there and Sarah, Sarah, you were there. Yep. You were there. And I can't remember anybody else. I'm sure Lisa was there. I'm sure. I'm sure there was a couple of you that I know were there. I'm just trying. I wonder where I was. Um, yeah, I don't know. (laughs) You were there. Sure. You were there. Anyway, I'm just kind of like painting the picture of what I saw and 
kids were running around acting like crazy people, and I was holding River. I was holding her on my arms. And I had mentioned, you know what would really be fun, guys, is if we all got a huge, like, 30-room 30, 30 house, and we all went on vacation together. And, of course, all the moms were like, yes, we need a vacation. And it has to be at a beach. And so I'm sure Jill was there. And, like, <laughs> and it has to be this. And we were all just laughing, and we were joking. What's so funny about this is our, our kids, we have six kids, and us were planning on going to the beach for Christmas. I don't think it's going to happen now, but we were talking about that, how we all wanted to go to the beach for Christmas and get a big house and we would all go. But this, this was like being intertwined with my family, with the church. And it was just so like, this is what we should do, guys. Like it made sense that our family would go and is Jalen sending pictures of the baby? <laughs> don't look, don't look. Focus. Okay, hold on. Let's get it. Don't forget what I was talking about. I was going somewhere. Oh, so we're, we're all on the beach. We're all frolicking around in the sand. She's going home. Oh, they're on their way home. Should they just swing by, guys? Yeah. I think so. Somebody FaceTime her. Come by the church and show the baby off. We should. We should FaceTime her. Come by the church. Come by. They, they won't come by, though. No. She's, she's going to be like, no, people will touch my baby. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> Don't touch my baby. <laughs> right. And we're just looking through the window. Uh, okay. Anyway, she so said uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, she did. So anyway, we're just in this room. We're in this room talking, and then um, like it kind of there's a little bit more about River and, and Jalen and things like that, but I'll share that with her. Anyway, it was just this picture of what it looked like to be family and it meant to be intertwined with the church. And it just felt so normal that we would all go on vacation together. And we've actually all done that. Like we've went to Dallas and, and, and got a big house together. Like it wasn't, it wasn't anything super um, mind blowing, but it was just kind of this like reminder that this is how we're walking. This is what we're doing. And, and then I just started thinking about it. everybody in the church and how much they're a part of of us and that when they're not here how it affects us like how we're like oh where was so-and-so to get it today i hope they're okay like with hope and praying for her husband um and how i keep thinking about hope and how whatever she needs like you're having dakota right go over to her house and uh, gary went to her oh house. gary oh yeah. thanks gary yeah. see how it's just it's just family we're so intertwined we're doing what it said to do and we didn't like we're doing it naturally because this is what the body looks like, right? And I was thinking about how, you know, Jade is having a baby and how Roberta just stepped up to do kids' church. Like, it was just like, I got you, I'll do this for you. Like, that's not an easy feat. And how the worship team, like, we expect so much out of them. And we're like, come during the week and then also come during, like, you come during the week and practice and then come on Sunday. What's the problem? Like, this is, it's a big commitment that, that we ask of people and how they're just so like, yeah, yeah, we're going to do this because of this holy reverence and awe of the Lord. Because it's not for us, because we're not that great. Like, this has nothing to do with us. We're not very convincing either. It's for his kingdom. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. It's for, yeah. Being established. And I was also and God's just, doing a new thing. Yeah. He is in this moment, in this hour. He's doing a new thing with his church. Yep. And... The remnant is rising up, and we're part of that remnant. Yeah. Is Dodie in here? Is she in Kids Church? Of course. Everybody is always serving. You yeah. guys are awesome. But I seen that Dodie and Chelsea hung out together with the kids, and I was like, that's, and I, I, I thought, I was like, 
that's beautiful. And how Lisa is Auntie Lisa to River. And um, she, tr River has ants. Like, it's, she's not without ants. But how intertwined we are and how beautiful the Lord has made this. And kind of started to realize, like, our, you guys think about it, our, this season of our lives, our pictures are going to be of each other in our, in our picture books. Like, our kids are going to know each other. We're going to remember this season of life with each other. We're, we're growing and raising our kids together. We're getting old with each other. And it's literally what they were doing in the early church. And so um, I'm gonna, we're going to talk more about what small group looks like and what we want and what we're hoping to go into a small group. And what our, our hope is, is to mimic this a little bit more and have people really intertwining closer. And because on Sundays, it can be tricky to like people, everybody knows each other, but they don't, they're not really spending time with each other. They're not intertwining their lives with each other. And so my hope is that we have several small group, like several small, small groups. And I don't care if it's three families. Like I want to see us intertwining our lives together. Um, what was I going to say? Um, Oh, Kim and Gary are going to come up and talk about a small group that they're starting. And then, um, and Craig's going to come up. Did you know that, Craig? Yeah. <laughs> Surprise! Craig's going to come up and talk about men's group because that's a small group within itself. And the men's group is, guys, we don't know what we have. Like, we have our women's group, and it's phenomenal, right, ladies? Yes, like, we love our women's group. But women meet. Like, women do that. Women go to small groups. Jill goes to, like, four. I mean, like, we have women go to small groups all the time. It's not an issue for us. Men don't. Like, this is really amazing. Sometimes that room is full. Sometimes it's not. But the fact that they're coming and they're, and they're learning together, like, we just don't see men meet very often. And so um, Craig's going to talk about men's group and what that looks like. Um, but before I hand that over to them, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give them some time to talk. I want to encourage you guys to do something for me this week. I want you guys to reach out to somebody in the church. Listen, listen. I don't make you greet your neighbor, okay, every Sunday after worship. So I don't make you do that. But, so I want you to do this for me. I want you to talk to somebody you don't know or talk to somebody that maybe looks interesting and you've always wanted to or invite them out to dinner. It doesn't have to be this week, but just say, hey, do you want to have dinner with us? Yeah, I know it's awkward, but Tiffany said we had to. So just use me, right? Um, or maybe even just Facebook friend someone. I don't know. Like that's the modern day way of saying, hi, do you want to be my friend? Yeah. Begin relationship and um, keep going with this. If we are one together, if we're in family together, then we need to know who each other, who, who everybody is. And so I'm going to encourage you guys to do that. And then I'm going to ask you next week, who did it? And I also want to encourage you. It doesn't you count to if you know each other. <laughs> right. <laughs> everybody right, right after yes. service, right after service. We'll flood the place. <laughs> and then we'll get them all saved. It will look like, I mean, yes. Oh, gosh. I'm in. Yeah. All right. No, I'm actually really Well, excited. then let's hurry and wrap this up because okay. I'm hungry. Okay. <laughs> All right. So um, any questions about but my challenge for I you? I do want to encourage you, if you feel led to have a home group, come talk to us at your home. Yeah. Okay. Because this is where we're heading. Small groups, small pockets of fire, you know, and that's how we're going to reach others. Doesn't matter if it's in Holden. You can, if you don't live in Holden. Um, JD and Amanda, she's not here, but she was going to talk about how they're going to be doing a small group in Pleasant Hill on Thursdays. Um, 
and then Kim and Gary are going to be talking about one, and then there's another one that's in, in talks. And so this isn't something that Jason and I are leading. This is what you guys will be leading, and you guys will be facilitating. We can help you. We'll advertise. We'll help get an idea of what you teach on. Um, we could even, if it's if you make it easy, we could even just do a Christianity 101 small group. Yeah, okay. So we have ideas, but... Um, I, we just feel like that the Lord is, and even with just within that dream that I had this morning, like he's really, really wanting us to, to open that up to small groups and what it looks like. Um, but still coming together as one on Sunday, because as like we say it all the time, this isn't about Jason and I, this is about the Lord and what he wants to do and bringing, and if he's going to be adding to the church daily, then the church has to be the church. So, okay, guys got it. And we did chapter two. So proud of us. It only took like two months. It's fine. Okay. All right. Craig, you want to come first? And when you're done, then you can hand it over to Kim and Gary. I think so. Start it. (laughs) All right. So we started this last Saturday uh, with men. We really don't have a set structure. We start off with prayer and some scripture, and then uh, it kind of just leads into things that uh, people have been thinking about or uh, meditating on throughout the week. Um, two weeks ago, we had a young man that was, that was dra- drug into the meeting. He he just went over to look at the door. Next thing you know, he's whoa, he's into the into the meeting, and he pretty much talked the whole meeting. I think. Yeah. Talked the whole meeting. He was. Uh, it was very interesting. It, it allowed us to see how the world thinks and how Christianity, young Christians, are blending religions and saying, "Hey, I'm a Christian, but yet I believe in all this other stuff." And there's multiple ways to have it. And and I was. I commented at the end of the meeting how grateful and how proud I was of the men that sat in that meeting that asked questions, no condemnation, no attacks, truth was spoke. And I think at the end of the meeting, he said he was glad he came in. Yep. He did comment how, how the turn of events all, God had, God had pulled him there, put him there. Yep. Everything happened at the right timing yep. that he was in there, and he was able to speak. And, uh, and we were learning. Because he was like, you wouldn't even believe the things that, we went through just to get here and what drug me in here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He was like, but he, he was amazed. He was amazed and he was really relaxed and there was, it wasn't argumentative. It was uh, eye opening for the believers who aren't out in the world seeing the things that the world does. You know, sometimes we get around our family and that's all we see. So it was, to me, it was real enlightening. And I was kind of like, wow, because, you know, I've, been around other people. I mean, we're, I'm around Buddhists all the time and different people who believe different things, but to actually hear someone say, I'm a Christian, yet I'm not a Christian. So it's almost like he couldn't, couldn't make up his mind. But I did like the fact that the men brought out Scripture. You know, narrow is the path. You know, Christ saying, I, I am the only way. All those things negated a lot of what he was believing. It was negating that. It was saying, no, what you're saying doesn't line up with scripture and so like this morning when i when i did uh, john 10 it if you have someone saying all these religions are together you say well how can you have combating religions be one because they're they're not the same 
And then you can just bring that up. You know, Jesus Christ himself said, I am the only way to God. And so that kind of gets rid of all that. But it, it's interesting. The, uh, the groups, that, the meetings are interesting. Sometimes, like I said, it's, sometimes the room's full and other times it's just three or four. But it normally goes on for three hours, four hours sometimes. So depends. And there's, there's no structure on when you can come and go. Yeah, so if you need to like leave, you have you to leave. be there for four hours. If you, if you got things that say, i got an hour, come in for an hour because you'll get a lot out of it. And, and it's men communing. So women, I mean, you already know we are kind of oddballs. We, we think differently than you do. We're kind of, we like to rough and tough and that kind of thing. So it's, it's a different mindset that we get together and we actually are able to build on each other. And that's what's good. That's what I like. We build on each other and we're becoming family. We're becoming family. Uh, that's what's neat. Becoming family is a neat thing. Growing together. You guys want to come up? Yeah, thanks, Craig. Thanks for leading us. Thanks for leading men's group. You've been doing a great job. This is Kim and Gary Goodfellow, if you haven't met them. That's, uh, this is Lisa's parents. Lisa. I'm number one in order. Yeah. <laughs> We have four. Yeah, yeah, four. So. and lots of grandbabies. Yeah, well, we have we have no. we have two and then twins on the yeah, way. Yeah, so. and all girls at this point, so we need some <laughs> more boys. <laughs> but we've known them for several years now, and we're excited to have them as a part of our church. They just moved to Holden. Yeah, we've known them for probably four <laughs> or five years now, hadn't it? Yeah, yeah it took God. Yeah. So, uh, that's but another uh, story. you guys just recently moved here in the last couple months. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yep. So. Yep. We'll tell the story. Thanks. Well, um, we have actually got a bigger connection to Holden than just the last couple of months. We we actually um, lived here for 17 years and moved away to Nashville, Tennessee, for in 2013. And it was because God told us to go to Nashville, and we really don't know the reason why still. But um, it was a it was a, a great experience. But then he said, "Come back to Missouri," and we're going. Ah, you know, it's so pretty in Tennessee. You know, those those people are just so welcoming, and you know, it felt like our people. But you know, our lives are not our own. We, we do what the Lord says, you know. And so um, it was a hard decision, but in 2019, we moved back. And um, we lived in Greenwood for, what, three years? And then we sold that house, lived in an apartment for a year. And then we kept on looking for a home. We were going, where, where God, where do you want us to go next? Because we're all about, you know, where he wants us to be, not exactly where we want to be. And Gary actually wrote a song about Holden um, that's called, It's a Great Place to Be From. <laughs> and so we never even considered that Holden would be a choice that God would, would um, say. But um, in, at the beginning of last year, he started speaking to us about coming back to Holden. And uh, so we said, okay, you know. This is, this is our habit, God, with you. You tell us where to go, we do it. 
Um, but the thing that I've been noticing is, okay, in the last five years, how many you have moved to this area? Raise your hands. Lots. See? Look, uh, look around at each other because this is, this is a sign uh, that God is doing something. He's preparing us for something here. He wouldn't put us all here at this time and in this place unless he's doing something. We have no idea what that's going to look like, but it's kind of exciting. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. so <laughs> and, um, but part of uh, the reason, so in the last year or so, we've also gone through um, another thing. I'm just going to read you a scripture. And, yeah, the, the word. This, this comes out of the Old Testament. Everybody can just kind of groan here for a minute. In Numbers, so, you know, it's not Leviticus, but, you know, it's almost. Um, but it's out of Numbers 8, starting in verse 24. Okay, and this is going to sound really harsh. Men 25 years old or more shall come to take part in the work at the tent of meeting. But at the age of 50 they must retire from their regular service and work no longer. Okay, so that, who's, who's over 50 here? Okay, look around here, okay? So does that, does that disqualify us? You know, we, we all stopped there and we're going, oh, okay, well this is just the type of life that we retire, you know, and that's not the case at all. Because it goes on to say, they may assist their brothers in performing their duties at the tent of meeting, but they themselves must not do the work. So it, it tells us that even as older people, we have a duty and a responsibility to make sure that everybody else in the whole body is taken care of. That everybody has what they need to do their jobs. And so we become part of support to the entire church instead of just sitting back and, um, you know, abdicating our responsibility, basically. So if you're over 50, you still have work to do. Your job description has just changed, but you still have a very important work to do. And maybe part of this work is coming and, and having small groups, you know. We, when we first moved to Greenwood, we actually just invited people over to our house. Uh, Don came, and um, we would have what we just called dinner church. Yep. So we would just sit around a table and just eat dinner together and talk about what the Lord was doing that week. And, laugh a and, and laughed a lot. <laughs> and so some of the stories and some of the, the times that we had, it wasn't serious. You know, sometimes it was. We, 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 got, we got serious. Oh, yeah in a lot of ways, but then there was one time, there was this, this young girl that she goes, um, you guys, this is gonna sound really stupid, but can you just tell me who Moses was? <laughs> but instead of us just opening up the Bible at that point, we all started telling our stories of Moses. Well, you forgot this part, you know, you forgot this part. And so it became more of a community effort to teach her about who Moses was. And so there's some of you out there that are supposed to have a dinner church where you're just simply, you're going to eat anyway. You're just going to have different people in your house 
you know, periodically, whether it's weekly or monthly or whatever. You're just going to have different people, and you get to know one another in those moments. There's something very special and precious and sacred, like you were talking about, about breaking bread together. So <laughs> I'm talking all the time. <laughs> well, I see where you were going with this. <laughs> So um, the, the, the final thing is she mentioned, um, so if you have any questions, we have a, a group called GWAM, Grandparents with a Mission. And so even if you're not 50 years old, um, but you're a grandparent, so how? Huh? <laughs> well, let's, let's pause on that for just a second. Okay. We were coming home from the Send. How many of you know what the Send was? It was a great big meeting at Arrowhead Stadium in Kansas City. Yeah. They, had, they had several around the world. I mean, quite a few actually around the world. Um, we have family members that are tied with that in the foundational part of that whole ministry. And we were driving away from the Send this last time. It was here in Kansas City. Um, as we were driving away, we were kind of talking. It was really hot, and there was all these young people everywhere, and we were loving it. But we said, you know, I really wish there was something for our age group that was set on fire like young people are. And uh, we were joking about it and started saying, well, you know, instead of like YWAM, which is Youth with a Mission, we could call it GWAM, Grandparents <laughs> with a Mission. And then we got really quiet, and every hair stood out on our body. And we went, you know, I think that might be a thing. Mm -hmm. And so she's an author, and so she wrote a book mm -hmm. very quickly, got downloaded a, a whole book into her brain. Um, in about three months, it was published, mm -hmm. and um, it's called Grandparents with a Mission. Well, the idea behind Grandparents with a Mission is, as she was alluding to, we're, as older people, we're supposed to pass on what we know. We're supposed to pass the baton. And that's mm -hmm. not a, one day you're 50 and it's over. That's, it's, it's a transition time. It doesn't happen just mm -hmm. like you turn the page and now everything's different. Mm -hmm. It's a transition time. Mm -hmm. And so you have a lot of experience when you're a little older sometimes. And uh, you can benefit other people by passing that along as long as they're interested in receiving it. <laughs> <laughs> but the idea was, was for us to create this, mm -hmm. this uh, thing. We now have um, a group in Kansas City, Missouri with a Kansas City, what's the What's the school? Kansas City Christian School. Kansas City Christian School has a grandparents mm -hmm. with a mission chapter there, and they a bunch of them get together and try to you know work within the the, the educational system that they're involved mm -hmm. in, as well as there's one in Kentucky, there's one in Redding, California, there's uh, another one in in um, Grandview, mm -hmm. and uh, so th it's kind of catching on different places. Uh, Andy Bird, who was one of the top guys in Youth with a Mission, I went up to him after one of his speaking engagements and said, "Hey, I really want to apologize, but give you this book." I really apologize for ripping off your name. <laughs> and he started laughing. He said, this is fantastic. <laughs> so he was going to pass it on to some people, too, as mm -hmm. well. So we're probably going to start a Grandparents with a Mission group in this area. Uh, we mm -hmm. talked about it in Lone Jack a, a couple months ago. Mm -hmm. But it's a th it, each one looks a little bit different depending upon what you find a, kind of feel called to and what your strengths and talents are. Mm -hmm. uh, some people do service orientation. You know, they're, they're like helping people paint houses and help mm -hmm. you know, people mm -hmm. who fix things that are broken in their house mm -hmm. that don't have any resources and mm -hmm. something like that. Or it, it can be you know, serving kids or, mm -hmm. or um, uh, parenting. Yeah, all the, the parenting advice that the grandparents seem to have had some experience at. So anyway, that's, I'll get back to giving yeah. back to you for that. And, and um, well, you can just come up and talk to us about that later. We won't go into all the details of that. Um, but the other group that we are starting uh, in October, we don't have dates yet, is um, Abema 
discipleship group. Do you guys know what Bema? <laughs> Thank you, Lisa. Let's tell them what let's tell them what Bema was. Bema. Bema was is the place in the synagogue where they read the word. It, they actually named the place, the spot, and they named it Bema. And um, and so uh, Bema is the place to read the word. So they named this discipleship group after this. And this um, it's not a normal Bible study. Um, it has a podcast every week. And then it has um, a discussion group. And it's basically you're discussing what you've read. Um, and, but it's not, it's not um, going through a bunch of doctr doctrinal things. It's about looking at the Bible through the same lens as it was written. You understand that the Bible was written from an Eastern perspective. He has a good analogy about looking yeah let's just say you're standing on a porch we had a big big house in tennessee it was a cabin out in the woods and it had a wraparound porch so you could walk out on the porch you could go and look in the front window and you see well there's a clock there's a couch there's a fireplace and all that's true that was the things that was in that room however we had a wraparound porch so you could walk around maybe about 25 feet this way turn a corner look in the window down there and you look in the same room but you see different things. Sure, there was a couch. You could see the couch, but you couldn't see the clock anymore. And you could see part of the fireplace, but then there was a couple of easy chairs and some other things in the room that you didn't see before because you were looking in a different window. You're looking in a different perspective. And so cultural, cultural things are like that. You can, if you look through the eyes of a culture, you mm -hmm. can see what they were talking about mm -hmm. when they wrote this stuff down, mm -hmm. as opposed to what we think they were talking about based on our own culture. And so it's really interesting perspective to, to learn about how these things all transpired and, and where the traditions came from, where the scriptures came from, who they were for, what they meant. Mm -hmm. So it, it, it stimulates a lot of discussion mm -hmm. and no one ever comes to a final conclusion that it's not a doctrinal thing. It's about, okay, how do we understand, what are we going to do to understand who God is? What's the nature of his character? What's the nature of his personality? Mm -hmm. um, and some of these things trans transition into doctrine as well, but a lot of it is just a perspective on how the culture was back then and how they, how they looked at things. Mm -hmm. And when they talked about things in the scriptures, they based how they, sp how they represented all that was based on their culture and their experience and all that kind of stuff. So mm -hmm. we, th this whole group is to explore all of that and to, to get to wrestle with God, <laughs> to wrestle with him. So why, God, why did you do that? Mm -hmm. We may not come, with a, with a, come out with a, a firm, definitive answer, but we come out there with a little bit closer idea of who God is, mm -hmm. and what, he was, what he meant, and what he, how he loves us. Mm -hmm. And so um, we've been going through another Bema group uh, for about a year and a half. And uh, so we just felt like this, we needed to start one here. Um, just, and it's another way that you can get to know one another. And so um, I actually have an old-fashioned sign-up sheet here. Up, up, it's on a clipboard and everything. <laughs> so if you really want to go old school. Um, but you can sign up or you can just simply take a picture of our phone numbers at the bottom and send a text to us and say, Hey, I'm interested. You know, tell me more. And this is not a commitment. No, this is not a commitment. If you if you put your name and your phone number and everything down, we just this is just for you to say yes, I'm interested in knowing more. That's all. Um, 
It yeah. helps. We know. We know. Okay. It has um, three different dates, um, three different days of the week, and you can just choose which one um, you prefer. We're going to actually probably do it on the day that the most people can do it, um, and then. Um, but if you decide you don't have the time right now, or you need to do that later, then that's perfectly fine. We just we are just looking for interest right now. So um, we'll let you know where it's going to be um, from if you sign up or not. So if you're interested, you may not ever find out where it's going to be if you don't ever give us your contact That's information. Right. We are not mind readers. <laughs> we'll probably start it sometime in October. I probably imagine. sometime in October. So, okay. um, yeah, cool. But cool. that's really all we have. That's I enough. Mean, I'm hungry. Yeah, cool. yeah, exactly. <laughs> Aren't they cute? It's my parents. Just push the button. One other thing that um, they explained, because I've only listened to a couple of, gosh, that's bright, a couple of um, of the podcasts. Um, one other thing that always stuck out to me was this analogy of a dead frog. Like you can give the Western culture a frog and you can give the Eastern culture a frog. And the Western culture is all about lab reports and a bullet point. And this is, this is, maybe they'll dissect it and they're like, this is why the frog died or this is how their organs worked or whatever. And the Eastern culture just looks at it and was like, but did they have a family? What was their name? Like, it's, it's so much more symbolic and poetic, the Eastern culture was. So anyway, I'm excited to come. I'll be there. I don't know about all of you, but anyway, come up and sign it. Sign up here on this sheet. Um... What was the other thing? Oh, we're collecting Halloween candy. Um, here at the coffee shop, we have quite a bit of um, trick-or-treaters that come through. Um, they have it on Halloween. It's in the evening when it's still light outside. And we get to meet a lot of people that way. And that's why we stay open. You know, we get to connect with kiddos. And, um, but we need a lot of candy. There, this downtown area is packed, so don't drive through here on Halloween night because there's a ton of kids. Um, and I mean lined all the way down the sidewalk coming in here. It's, it's a lot of candy that we need. I think the bucket we had last year was like this big around, and we started giving out one piece at a time because there's just so many kiddos. And it's a safe place. You know, you're not going from house to house. Um, so we love facilitating that. However, we need help with that. So if you would like to bring in a bag of candy, um, you can bring it anytime. I'm here most of the time, so I'll take care of it. Um, and then also, if you want to give to the church, there's a donation box right here. Um, there's also a PayPal. I don't remember what it is. We usually have a graphic, but the Venmo is at Lyric House. So those are a couple of ways you can give. Um, it goes straight to the church. It helps pay for the electricity. Um, so, yeah, that's it. Um, Jason, you look like you have something to say. There's something about uh, Halloween night. If uh, It's a great time to minister to the community. I mean, it's a good time to build relationships with people that we normally wouldn't run into. So if you're not doing anything and you want a good place to just come hang out, come hang out with us and be, meet new people um, build relationships and just it's a good opportunity to love on people and just be the be the light of the world and we you also know. get a lot of um, teenage kids and so yeah. if 
if any of the men's group wants to come and just love on these kids. Yeah. Um, I know a lot of them don't have families or they come from pretty rough homes. Um, so that's an option as well. And we just want to love on them and yep. show them what show them what the love of Jesus looks like, right? Yep. No. Reclaim the, the devil's holiday yeah. for the kingdom. Yep, it's ours now. It's ours now. Okay. Well, I hope everyone has a great week. What? Microphone. Okay. <laughs> I hope everyone has a great week. Um, we love you guys, and Raylan has something to say. My microphone. <laughs> love you guys. <laughs> <laughs>